Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke, chapter 8. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Look at verse 40. If you're looking at it, say amen. Amen. And so it was in verse 40, when Jesus returned, that the multitude welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. And behold, there was a man named Jairus. Jairus was a ruler of a synagogue. And Jairus fell down at Jesus' feet and begged him to come to his house. For he had only, he had an only daughter, and she was how old? Twelve. And she was dying. But as he went, the multitudes thronged him. They crowded him. Now a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years who had spent all of her livelihood on physicians could not be healed by any, came from behind and touched the border or the hem of his garment. And immediately her flow of blood stopped. And Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied, would you underline that? When all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitudes throng you, impress you, and you say, who touched me? But Jesus said, somebody touched me, for I perceive power going out from me. Some of your Bible says virtue going from me. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared to him in the presence of all the people, the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said to her, daughter, underline that, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. While he was still speaking, someone came from the ruler of the synagogue's house saying to him, your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher. But when Jesus heard it, are you looking at verse 50? When Jesus heard it, he answered and said, do not be afraid, only believe and she will be made well. And when he came into the house, he permitted no one to go in except for Peter, James and John and the father and the mother of the girl. Now all wept and mourned for her. But he said, do not weep. She's not dead, but sleeping, but sleeping. She's sleeping. And they ridiculed him. They mocked, they scorned, they laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But he put them all outside, took her by the hand and called and said, little girl, arise. And then her spirit returned and she arose immediately and he commanded that she be given something to eat. And her parents were astonished, but he charged them to tell no one what had happened. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. Jesus gets back to the other side and there's a crowd and they are welcoming him. 
and waiting for him. And in this crowd is this man named Jairus, whose daughter was sick and near death. If you're taking notes, you write this down. Jairus, his name means Yahweh enlightens. Yahweh enlightens or the Lord reveals. Jairus is the ruler of the synagogue or in the Greek language, the Archesunagogos. The Archesunagogos, the ruler of the synagogue. And the ruler of the synagogue, you know this if you've been around here, was in charge of the synagogue. He was to keep up the daily duties of the synagogue. He made sure it was locked and unlocked, cleaned and kept everything in order. And it's in this very same synagogue, by the way, saints, if you travel with us, we are going to try, are you listening, to put together a trip to Israel. It can be quite difficult because of the economy. And also because, believe it or not, a lot of people are afraid to go to the Middle East. (laughs) For heaven's sake, why? I don't know. I, I really don't know, and I really mean this, because I honestly have been to Israel five times, and there's never not been war in Israel. So if you're waiting for things to be at peace in Israel... I mean, really, if you're waiting for things to be at peace in Israel, then you're just waiting for the Prince of Peace to show up because there's never going to be peace in the Middle East until the Prince of Peace comes. Somebody clap your hands if you know what I'm talking about, if you get me. So, but we go there and I actually feel safer in Israel than I do in Philly. (laughs) Let me tell y'all something. You go to the hood, you'll wish you were in Israel. And uh, so we always go and we take our trips. I'd like to put together a tour. And if you're interested, I don't know, maybe send me an email or something and we'll see what happens. Well, we always put together, when we put together a tour, we always stop in Capernaum. And we actually stop in this, uh, in this synagogue that this particular ruler, Jesus, spoke there. It's also in this synagogue. You remember the man with the withered hand came to Jesus and Jesus restored the man's hand and and he straightened it and it was useful again. So Jairus has seen, here's my point, Jairus has seen and he knows enough about Jesus. So he comes to Jesus and Mark, you put Mark chapter five in your margin, write that down. Mark chapter five, you put that with the story. Mark tells us and Luke tells us also that he fell at Jesus' feet. Now you got to understand that Jairus is putting everything on the line here by coming to Jesus. How so, Rodney? Well, in John chapter 9, verse 22, it tells us that the Jews had already decided that if anyone had anything to do with Jesus, he was to be put out of the synagogue. But Jairus is facing a situation, saints, listen, Jairus is facing a situation that religion is inadequate to help him. Don't you understand? Jairus' little girl, His only little girl, 12 years old, is dying. And the only one that can help him is Jesus. This powerful, prominent, prosperous, influential man put everything on the line, his pride, his dignity, his career to come to Jesus. Did you get that? This man comes to Jesus because he has a need. Saints, listen, nothing wrong with coming to Jesus because you have a need. 
How many of us have ever heard people say, I don't want to come to Jesus because I have a need and I just don't want to come just because I need something? Don't you understand? Sometimes God will allow you to, matter of fact, God will be sure to put you in a place of need so that, and religion can't help you, mommy can't help you, daddy can't help you, money can't help you, nothing can help you but Jesus. He put you in that situation to drive you to him. And that's why we got to be careful about who we help. Did you hear me? You got to be careful about who you help, because sometimes, you know, we're Christians. And we love people and we want to help people and we want to be a blessing. But sometimes God is trying to work in that person. They're in a bad situation. You just need to be prayerful because God is trying to work in that person because God has put them in that situation. And if you help them, then you are getting in the way of God. So you got to be prayerful and careful about who you help. You know, God will many, many times, God puts you in situations, allows you pain, allows you suffering, allows you trial to drive you to him. You know, it was C.S. Lewis who said it best. He said, God whispers to us in our pleasures, shouts to us in our pain. Pain is God's megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Isn't that true? God has gotten a lot of people's attention through suffering. Notice in verse 43 in your Bible. So Jairus comes to Jesus, desperate, heartbroken. He asks Jesus to come to his house. Mark chapter five again tells us while they are going, a multitude of people followed and a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years comes. Mark also tells us that she had spent all she had and was no better off but she got worse. Now this is frustrating because I'm no doctor, but I know that if you lose a certain amount of blood, you start feeling cold, you start feeling dizzy and lightheaded. So she goes to the doctor and he's trying various things and they keep giving you more pills and giving you more bills. And then you continue with more ills. (laughs) Wasn't that good? I thought that was great. And nothing is helping. Now get this, in the Talmud, the Talmud, T-A-L-M-U-D, the Talmud is a book of Jewish writings, and there's a whole page in the Talmud directed or dedicated for a woman who had a problem with her menstrual cycle. It says that if you're having a problem, get this, you were to take an ostrich egg and burn it, take the ashes and put them in a linen cloth, And if it was winter, you were to put them in your snow boots. I'm just kidding. Some of y'all are like, what? I didn't know they had snow boots. No, if it was winter, you were to put them in this cotton rag, and then you were to use it. And it would produce a healing effect. And if that didn't work, the Talmud said that you should take a barley seed that was found in the dung of a white female donkey and insert the seed and it should heal. I know. Only that half of the room got it. Oh, y'all, y'all. That's gross. She's tried everything, but nothing is working. Now, if you've been here on Wednesday night with Pastor Johnny, you know Leviticus chapter 15, the Jewish law said, if a woman 
were to bleed past her normal time of the month, she was considered unclean and anything she touches is defiled. She was placed outside the camp. She couldn't be around her husband, her children, her family, her friends. She couldn't go to church. If she sat on a chair, it was considered unclean and had to be ceremonially cleansed. If she touched a wall, the wall was considered unclean. And then when the, blow, the, the, the flow of blood ended, she had to offer a sin and trespass offering. I mean, think about this. 12 years without a hug, 12 years without your kids touching you, 12 years without anybody looking at you with any respect. This woman was hopeless and she was a physical, emotional, financial mess for 12 years. And so she hears about Jesus and she's probably thinking, here's my chance. So she makes her way through the crowd in stealth because she's not supposed to be near anyone. She's unclean. And she's thinking in her heart, if I could just touch the hem of his garment. Are y'all with me? Can I just touch, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, if I could just touch the border of his clothes, I know I would be healed. I know I would be healed. Look at verse 44. She came behind him. She came, details. She came behind him and touched the border of his garment. And at that moment, something happened in her. And something happened in Jesus. When she touched him, virtue or power went out of him. And not only did the woman touch his garment, but she also touched his heart. Saints, listen, we can learn something here. If you want a touch from Jesus, you will be touched by Jesus. When you come to church, listen, you should come to church. I've told you this. I don't know how many weeks in a row. Every week. When you come to church, you come to church to be touched by Jesus. You come to church with intent. Do you know how many people do not come to church with intent? They come to church because it's Sunday and this is what we do. They don't come to church to hear what God has to say. Some people come to church because they want to kind of punch their card. I know nobody here. I'm just talking. They want to just punch their card and, oh, yeah, I went to church. The whole time you're in church, you're thinking about what you have to do after church. Again, nobody here. Don't take it personal. Or what you have to do today or what you did yesterday. When you come to church, you got to come to church with intent. Because if you don't come to church with intent to hear from the Lord and to touch Jesus, let me tell you something, you will leave the same way you came. You understand? But if you come to church and say, God, I want to hear from you. God, I want you to touch my heart. God, I want you to change my life. I want to hear a word from you, not from Pastor Rodney. I want to hear a word from you. When you ask God, God, I want to hear a word from you. Guess what? You will hear a word from him because the Bible says he is a rewarder of those who diligently He will always touch you. You don't come to church for any other reason. That's why people come to church and they've been coming to church for 20 years and they ain't no different than the day they started. Because they don't come to church to get anything from the Lord. You don't come to church for your friends. Did you hear me? You don't come to church for your friends. Some people are like, church is not a social network. Well, whoever got that idea, don't, don't misunderstand me. Social things happen at church. Because we are the body of Christ and we love each other and we like to hang out. 
because I'm a Jesus freak. I'm a fellowship junkie. Can I get a witness? I'm a, Pastor Rodney, I love fellowship. But I don't come to church for that reason. That is a byproduct of my relationship with Jesus Christ. It is a byproduct of coming to hear the word of God. If you seek the Lord and you say, no matter what, I got to get to Jesus, that's the way to come to church. Come to church with your heart, not just with your mind. God will meet you every time you're here. And if you don't, you will leave sorely disappointed. We got to move on. So there's a crowd of people around. Jesus felt something leave his body. So he asked, who touched me? Look at verse 45. I love this. Verse 45, when all denied it, Jesus said, who touched me? And everybody went, I don't know. And even the woman was standing there. She goes, not me. She didn't, everybody denied it. And, and Peter, don't you love Peter? I love Peter. I love Peter. I love Peter. Peter gives me hope. <laughs> ten people, ten people. I love Peter. Peter says, Lord, duh. How can you ask that question? Everybody's touching you. It's like walking around in India. Y'all know that population is dense. China, India, the population is dense. You, there's no square, there's no such thing as your personal space. Y'all U.S. people, everybody in U.S., we got, we, got, we got it all wrong. We got used to our personal space. You get on an elevator, what do you do? If there's one person on the elevator, you stand on the other side. Yeah, yeah, human behavior, isn't that true? You stand on, why? Because you're used to your personal, in India, you get on the elevator, you're the only one standing on there, somebody gets on the elevator too, they stand right next to you. <laughs> And then they move closer. <laughs> like, there's no such thing as personal space. Everybody's on top of everybody. So there's thousands of people gathered around. And, and, and Jesus says, who touched me? Peter says, how can you ask that question, who touched me? There's so many people around. Jesus said, somebody touched me because I felt power go out of me. Mark chapter 5, verse 32 tells us that Jesus turned and he looked at her and he said somebody touched me so she knew she couldn't hide saints real quick don't you know you can't hide from jesus there's no point in lying to the lord why do we do that lord i tell you if you get me out of this situation god i will i know i'll serve you i'll go to church every sunday i'll even do it pastor right he said i'll go to church my heart i won't even look at my watch the whole time i'm there lord if you just, God knows. Don't try to hide from the Lord. Don't try to lie to the Lord. He knows. This woman couldn't hide. She, she probably, she comes trembling and she falls down before him. And she said, I was the one that touched you and I was healed immediately. In verse 48, go ahead and look at it. Jesus said, daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. If you're taking notes, you write this down. In the New Testament, this is the only place where Jesus calls a woman daughter. A woman daughter. It's a term of endearment. This is like Jesus saying, honey, sweetheart, sweetie, baby. Jesus said, be of good cheer. 
not cheer up. I want you to notice the split second drama here, guys, as our attention is turned back to Jairus, as Jairus is standing there thinking, remember this woman, remember Jairus is the one who approached Jesus first. Are y'all with me? And then this woman comes in and Jairus is probably standing there thinking, what is up with this lady? She cut the line like the woman at Panera. can't believe this. She's standing. Now listen, if it's your first time here, you're not laughing because you don't know what we're talking about. But there's a story there. But Jairus, remember, he's probably standing there thinking, got his arms folded, tapping his foot, looking at his watch. He's thinking, uh, Jesus, why are you stopping? My daughter's at home dying and you're worrying about people touching you. Mark's gospel tells us this woman, she came to Jesus and she told him, I can pass around and can relate to this. She told him the whole story. (laughs) The whole story she told him. And Jairus is probably standing there thinking, he's saying, listen, speaking of daughters, because he's listening to the story too. (laughs) Speaking of daughters, I have a daughter. And yes, she's been bleeding for 12 years, but my daughter is 12 years old and she's dying. And while he's complaining, please look at verse 49. He is interrupted with the news. Your daughter is dead. And dad is thinking, my daughter died without me. She died alone. I wasn't there. He's probably thinking I've given up everything to follow this Jesus. My home, my career, I'm going to be excommunicated from the synagogue. And the thing that I love the most is gone now. This is what I get for following Jesus. Perhaps he was thinking, but Jairus, to him, this looked like disastrous delay. Look at verse 50. Jesus said, Jairus, don't be afraid. Only believe she will be made well. Jesus went in and he didn't allow anyone except Peter, James, and John, the father and the mother of the girl. Everyone is weeping. Now listen, in those days, saints, give me your attention. In those days, there were these people and they were professional mourners. You could look through the yellow pages and look up weepers and mourners, call the number, make an appointment. A whole group of people would come to your funeral ceremony. And when you said, okay, time to start crying. They would, wah, so Jesus comes up and they're wailing. And when the Jewish people cry, they, they cry, they cry, y'all. They're not like, uh, uh, uh. no, they're like, wow, my God. Oh. That's my impression. So these wailers and these mourners and these weepers are at this funeral. Some are sincere and some of them are getting paid. Jesus said, don't cry. She's not dead, but she's sleeping. And then in verse 53, they ridiculed him. Did you look, look at that? Look at it. Verse 53. In other words, they laughed him to scorn. Why? Because these guys were professional mourners. They were probably there. This was probably their fourth morning ceremony of the day. But they didn't know what Jesus was talking about. You see, Jesus said she isn't dead. She's asleep. Like Christians don't die. We go to sleep. Did you hear me? Christians go to sleep. Some of y'all want to go to sleep now, don't you? (laughs) 
but you don't want to die. But Christians, we don't die. We live forever. We go to sleep. Look at verse 54. They mock, they scorn, they ridicule, and note, what did Jesus do? He put them out. That is very important. You know what? Sometime when the wrong folk are around you, you have to put them out in Jesus' name. I say, get out, hallelujah, in Jesus' name, love you, mean it, bye. You got to put them out. You know, it's very difficult for scorners who are in your house, mockers. It's very difficult for mockers and scorners to be in the church. You know, it's Proverbs 22.10. It says, drive out the mockers and the strife will cease. Isn't that interesting? I remember some years back, we were started our church 14 years ago in the trailer. And at that point, many of you know my story. God led me here through visions and dreams. Not saying that tritely, it really was. Through visions, God spoke to me clearly. And when I got here, we were meeting in a double car garage trailer in Morrisville off Highway 55, Carpenter Fire Station Road. Some of y'all know where it is. Off this little street called Sanger, Sanger Road. And I was at church one day, sitting in the sanctuary, praying, and I had a vision. And behind me, on, we built this little platform. We carpeted the place and put chairs in there. We built a little platform, and behind the platform, the pulpit, was these three windows. In the vision, I was looking out of those three windows. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the media library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.